0: The buyer comes in with 10%, which is $50,000. And the seller comes in and holds 10%, which is $50,000. And then the bank finances the other Mm -hmm. $400,000. That's kind of a combination of a a seller's note. So it can go uh, both ways.
1: Guys, thanks for joining us back on the Mortgages Made Easy podcast. I am so thrilled to have Darren Smith join us today. Darren is one of my networking groups, and he is a specialist in helping businessmen sell their businesses. So, let's first, if you will, just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what, what do you do?
0: Sure, absolutely. So. Um... Ah, uh, prior to me being a business broker, which I've been for uh, four years now, um, I owned a textile company in New York, uh, for twenty-two plus years, mm. um, highly successful. Um, but as the industry changed, I was looking to develop other revenue streams. Um, and looked very heavily into buying another business. Um, I met many, many different business brokers along the way. Um, looked at a ton of different businesses and really couldn't find anything that I really liked and thought I would be really good at. Um, but I did develop a relationship with with a business broker um, who actually became my mentor. And um, we have a great relationship today. And um, I got into the business brokerage business uh, with him and, and Murphy Business Sales after looking at other business brokerages as well. Um, what I love about it is I'm, al- I'm able to use my skill set of being a Prior small business owner, an entrepreneur, um, and also my MBA uh, from the Lubin School of Business at Pace University comes in really handy uh, for me to be able to analyze PLs and, and tax returns.
1: Hmm. Whatever happened to the textile business?
0: Uh, the textile business, um, we had to uh, fold it into another business uh, because of uh, the competition that we we're facing from overseas. Um, the, the industry was in a, in a rapid decline um, a few years prior to COVID, um, the whole industry in general. And then with the onset of COVID, um, with everything closing up and retailers consolidating, um, we just kind of thought it would be best to fold it in with, with another company. So that's that's what we did.
1: Hmm. And so you no longer on that? I do not, no. Hmm. So hold on one second. I'm just going to move the mic a little bit. I just realized that this thing is... Okay, sorry about that. No problem. Am I coming through clearly? You're yes. coming through great. Okay, sorry about that. Let's keep on going. So, I've got a business uh, in New Jersey. Uh, you know, I, I have a, a laundromat, and I want to sell my laundromat. Uh, what's this? How do how do I approach you? What do you do for me? And what does it look like?
0: So. I think that that the first thing people that are thinking about selling their business should do is engage the services of a business broker like myself early on in the process, right? Not kind of wake up on Monday morning and decide that they wanna sell their business. And the reason why I say that is because we need to prepare a business for sale. And there's many things that go into the preparation of a business for sale. Um, one of them being you own this laundromat, but how often are you going to the laundromat? Is this something that you're involved in 40, 50, 60 hours a week? You know, as 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 someone is looking to buy this laundromat, I'm probably not going to work wanna work those 40, 50, 60 hours a week, but I'm going to want to own that laundromat as an absentee or a semi-absentee owner. Right. So that what we'd like to do is to to work with the seller and to put in a management. Um, approach into the laundromat, right? So that it makes it an absentee or a semi-absentee operation. It makes it more appealing to a a buyer when they're coming in to buy that laundromat, right? Um, The other thing I would look at is, you know, laundromats today are automated, right? Are are you using the the coin-operated system, right? The coin-operating system requires more people to be there. It requires the seller to be there, right? Just to make sure that nobody's stealing the money from them. But now laundromats are automated. So it allows for an owner of a laundromat when it's automated to spend less time in the business, right? Um, so that's the type of things that we're looking at. We want to look at things that would make it more attractive and more appealing
1: to a buyer. Hmm. And since this isn't our first conversation, I know that one of the things that you look at, Oh, first of all, let me just say this. You know, Darren, I really appreciate the fact that you have like a seat of the pants understanding of both what the buyer needs and what the seller needs and that you bring that to bear. um in one of our previous conversations, you also were telling me about structuring the business and the finances of the business so it's most appealing. Can you talk to that?
0: Yes, so so the first thing I, I like to talk about in financing with with the seller is to ask them their appetite for seller financing, right? So what do I mean by seller financing? Seller financing could be if you have a business for sale for say five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and you want to seller finance fifty percent or sixty percent of the purchase price, right? So I'd come to you and I'd say I'll give you two hundred fifty thousand dollars down. And I'd like you, David, to hold the other note for $250,000. And then we work together to structure that seller financing piece of it, um, whether it be over a five-year period or a seven-year period, a 10-year period at an agreed-upon interest rate, right? Um, The seller note could have special covenants on it, right? That you'll receive 100% of that seller's note each year if the revenue achieves X, if, if the EBITDA reaches a certain benchmark. So those are covenants that we can re, that we can place on that seller's note. Um, the most ideal situation with a seller's note would be if it's seller financing in combination with an SBE loan. Okay. What mm-hmm. do so we mean by that? An SBE loan is now we take that $500,000 business that we're selling and we send it to one of our lenders that we have a relationship with. And they look at it and they pre-qualify it for an SBA acquisition loan. So the buyer only needs to come to the table with ten percent, which would be the fifty thousand dollars. The bank would cover the the other four fifty, but it might be in a combination with a seller's note. Usually, the seller's note is ten percent of that four hundred or of that five hundred thousand. Right. So what we do is the buyer comes in with ten percent, which is fifty thousand dollars, and the seller comes in and holds 10%, which is $50,000. And then the bank finances the other Mm -hmm. $400,000. That's kind of a combination of a a seller's note. So it can go uh, both ways.
1: And how important are the financials going into a sale?
0: Uh, The financials are everything, right? Because at the end of the day, the business is valued based on the cash flow, right? Not on the revenue. You know, I've sold businesses where you know, a business that's only doing a million dollars would sell for, you know, a higher value than say a business that was doing $2 million, right? Because from that $1 million, the seller was netting, you know, $700,000, right? Um, Where the $2 million, they were only taking out $400,000. So it's really not based on revenue, but really based on that cash flow, right? Mm -hmm. We go into businesses that are worth, you know, north of like say three million dollars we kind of want to do that blended average between you know the cash flow and the ebitda and the revenue and put all those multiples together and then you know look at it over a three-year horizon Um, when we're valuing the business we'll do a cash flow model um, over a two-year look back with kind of anticipating what that cash flow is going to look like one year ahead
1: Talking about valuation, that's one of the services you offer, right? Can you talk to that?
0: Yeah. So um, Murphy Business, my company, offers uh several different valuations. Um, as an experienced business broker, uh doing you know, dozens of deals each year, um, you know, I can do what we call a broker's opinion of value. Um, that's basically, you know, if you, David, come to me and say, I want to sell that laundromat and you're doing, you know, a few million dollars in revenue, I could could do that broker's opinion of value for you in-house with our software and tell you what I think your business should sell for, what we would list your business for. Another type of valuation that we do is what we call certified business valuation. We do those as well. Um, We have partners that do those with us. Um, and, And you usually see that done for businesses that have Revenues north of that $2 million um, for uh, people that are looking to gift um, any sort of money based on the sale of a business, you know, for gift tax, we'll adhere to IRS um, standards on that. And we'll Mm -hmm. also do certified business valuations um, when it comes to divorce proceedings, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody owns a business, they're getting divorced. We'll do a certified business appraisal uh, for that.
1: Mm -hmm. And then, so I I like that. So what you're saying is um, that people who are in different life stages, you mentioned divorce, you mentioned gift, um, estate, I imagine, is one Mm -hmm. of those things where the the value of a property, uh, of a business becomes very critical to being able to determine someone's tax liability or uh, divorce, uh, you know, uh, equitable divorce settlement.
0: That's correct. It's it's an asset, right? The business is an asset that somebody holds. You know, it's the same as real estate. There's a value placed on that asset, and when you're going to sell that asset, how much are we going to sell it for? So it's mm-hmm. really important to make sure that the appraisal is done in a fair and a you know objective way. Um, so by doing it and having a certified appraiser do it, it it, it kind of goes a long way. And you know, if it becomes a point of you know litigation uh, we could have you know expert witnesses and and the appraiser actually come speak to how they came up with that valuation
1: mm. okay, cool um, hey you know what let's let's just switch gears for a minute sure what what turns you on what where, where, you know what in your business brings you the greatest joy? Um, the the
0: greatest joy comes from selling a business um, where it's you know it becomes a personal um, relationship, right? I you know I'll, I'll tell a story. I had a um, orthodontist practice um, that I was selling, um, and um, it was a story where there was a you know a death in the family, um, and the, the orthodontist had passed away, and um, it was being run by the family members in conjunction with some of the other orthodontists that were involved in that practice. Um, and it was really important for the seller, um, who was the husband to, to keep his wife's legacy alive, right? To mm-hmm. keep the name of the practice, to keep the patients happy, um, and, and just continue to offer that care to everybody that came through the door. Um, it was a challenging sale, um, but we ended up doing it. Um, I think you know that to me was just it was really a rewarding feeling when um, when the when the asset purchase agreement got signed and and the deal finally closed. Mm-hmm. That turns
1: me on. Yeah, you know it, it's so much about relationship. It's so much. Uh, it's so much about the people you work with and the rewards of serving people right and doing the right thing by people.
0: And I'll even go a step further. I I mean, it it was interesting. When I was approached by the seller, um, he even said to me, he's like, can you help me? He's like, I called three other people before I called you. One of them specializing in dental practices, selling dental practices. And he told me he couldn't help me. Hmm. you think you can help me. I said, I'll try. And I did. And it happened.
1: So, so what just, was the key to your success in this transaction?
0: I think it was persistence and, and and kind of you know being challenged, um, you know, by by having somebody tell him that it couldn't be done, I was out to kind of prove them wrong, you know, and it, it just it was it was a great feeling. And, and I got it done. And everyone always says to me, it's like, how did you get that done? How did you get that? You know, maybe it was a little bit of luck involved, you know, persistence, you know, a combination of all those things. But, you know, it happened and it was just it was just a great feeling.
1: Mm. And then it's the network, right? Because I imagine over time, uh, we're part of a a, a business network, but okay. I imagine over time, you have a network of accountants, of attorneys, of other people who... You can turn to who either to help you uh, market a business or um, speak to specific issues that a business might have.
0: Yeah, I do. It's, it's interesting. So, when I first started in this business, you know, four years ago, um, you know, I did a lot of paid advertising, you know, whether it be on Facebook or Google ads. And, you know, I still do that, but mm-hmm. I do that 75% less. My budget's allocated 75% less than I did four years ago. And the reason why is because of my extensive network that I've built and the referral network that I built too. I mean, hmm. I, you know, I, I think, you know, probably 75% of the deals that I've closed so far in 2023 have been referrals from previous owners that I've sold their business. And they referred my name out to people that they knew to call me to sell their business. So, um, yes.
1: So, let me just get clarification so I understand. Do you tend mostly to work with sellers of business? Do you also work with buyers? So most of my work is on the
0: sell side. Um, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the, the, our business isn't structured like a real estate um, business. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we are transactional brokers. I mean, we work with both the buyer and the seller once a buyer calls us and they're interested in, in one of the listings that we're presenting, I'll work both sides, but we really work with the seller, right? Like my main goal is to find somebody that's looking to sell their business, to to look at the financials, to price it correctly, to prepare the business, um, you know, to be successfully marketed, right? Like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a marketing company, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking what I see, what I have, and repackaging it to make it look good to the public. And then the buyers come, um, you know, they'll come from, you know, from our advertising side, they'll come from my networking side, but the buyers will come. If you make a good presentation and it's fairly priced, you know, they're, they're buyers for, for pretty much every business.
1: Hmm. Interesting. And I imagine, I mean, you know, in my business, I often run into people who, are owners of small to medium businesses with very smart accountants. And the accountants are very skilled. In, in fact, in my business, you know, it, it, it's often that the accountants are at cross purposes with me because they want to minimize someone's uh, taxes and right. I want them to have high income so they qualify for whatever they want. Where, how does that work in your world? where somebody has a, an accountant who has carefully pre- presented the numbers in the past.
0: So, you know, I work with accountants all the time, but it's it's interesting that you mention that because most of the time when I'm working with the sellers, mm-hmm. the accountants don't even know the business is for sale until I actually ask the seller, hey, can I speak to your accountant? I need to go over... The returns I'm looking for add backs, right? Like personal expenses mm-hmm. taken out of the business that so we could add back that could collectively go into that bucket of of getting what we call that cash flow number, right? So, um, you know, there's also there's a lot of tax liabilities for a seller when they go to sell the business that sometimes their accountants can't help them with, um, and we have strategies and and other partners that we work with. That can help the seller defer their capital gains taxes from the sale of the business.
1: Mm-hmm. And did I? Hopefully, I answered your question, David. On yeah, on that. You, you did a great job. Okay. Um, uh, okay, where do we go from here? What else do you oh. want to talk about?
0: You're, it's, it's your call. You tell me. Is there anything that we? I think you hit it all correctly. I, you know, I I think that the. The most important thing you know i I try to stress all the time is you know like anybody you know that's thinking about selling their business in four to five years you know reach out you know call me let's have that conversation don't wait to you know a day before you're thinking about selling or a month before you're thinking about selling because you can leave a lot of money on the table if, if you don't kind of do that planning, right? A lot of people refer it to it as exit strategy. You mm-hmm. know, what's your exit plan? You know, what are you doing to kind of capitalize on the maximum value of all that blood, sweat, and tears that you put into your business over the last 30 years, right? And most people don't think about that. There's just some easy fixes that that you can do to maximize that value of the business that you built. What? Just, you know, like, like we, we talked about before, like, you know, there's so much cash flow. So instead of like taking home an extra $7,500,000 a year on, you know, put a manager in place, right? Get that manager there so that when you're ready to sell, you know, there's, there's that, you know, nothing, not everything is on you. Like, you know, because the, the first question people ask is tell me about the owner. What is he doing? So what happens when the owner's gone, you know, are all the relationships going to go away? right? And that kind of scares people and, and they run mm-hmm. away, right? Like you're the owner, you only want to stay on for a month. Like well, what happens when you leave? You know, who's going to take care of the accounts? You know, who's going to help me? Like, so like, don't worry, David, we, we have somebody for you, right? Like the manager, he's been with me for for five years. He's willing to stay on. He understands and he knows about the business being, you know, sold. He's willing to stay on. He's willing to, to put it in writing. You could do a consulting agreement with him. To keep them on you know this this provides comfort to a buyer and makes mm-hmm. your business more value right you know putting an extra salesperson on you know putting an extra operations manager on those are things that, that go a long way that people just don't think about right so the hundred thousand dollars that you spent you know each year for the last three years maybe it cost you three hundred thousand dollars not only do you make more money by having somebody in place but you might be able to get another six, seven hundred thousand dollars more for your business when it comes time to sell it.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Um, so, if I'm hearing you right, the optimal time to, if you're planning on selling your business in three to five years, the optimal time for someone to reach out to you, Darren, is now four or five years in advance even right. if you're not ready to sign on the dotted line but to start the conversation to start the to, to start the, the 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 planning process That's even correct. planning to planning in a sense
0: so let's let's start let's let's have that conversation let me do either a broker's opinion of value or a certified business appraisal let's get mm-hmm. that done let's talk about it okay? And then let's update that every year and then have another conversation again, right? Mm-hmm. and make those changes every year. Mm-hmm. I'll go even a step further. You know, let's say that you know that business valuation cost you you know thirty six hundred dollars for that certified business appraisal. When you're ready to sell it and I sell your business, we take that thirty six hundred dollars off of the commission. It's not above and beyond our commission, right? It's I'm working with you so we can maximize your value and we could sell your business at the end of the day. That's what we're here for. Um, so it's a win-win situation for everybody involved.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and like, what kind of businesses, let's see over the past year or two, what are the most interesting businesses you've sold?
0: So um, I you know, like I said before, I did an orthodontist practice. I sold a physical therapy practice. Mm-hmm. um i've sold multiple hvac companies that's a that's a uh-huh. big deal like anything in the home service area right sold a construction company um i sold an art studio mm. um i sold a sheet metal manufacturer in southern new jersey um i sold a coffee distributor of um, a very very large uh wholesale coffee distributor in upstate new york when we sent that we sold that to a uh a very large uh, distributor here in New Jersey. So that was a very successful transaction. Um, I sold a marine e-commerce company that was uh, out in the Hamptons. Uh, so, you know, it just kind of shows you the breadth of of different businesses that, that I've sold. You know, industry agnostic, don't really focus on a specific business, but, you know, I always like to say I'm like the Goldman Sachs of, you know, Main Street to lower middle market, right? And, you know, Brokers don't want to touch what I touch. And, um, you know, again, referral networks, I, I get a lot of phone calls every week from brokers that don't want to touch the smaller size businesses. But, you know, because it's a very personal um, uh, business relationship that you develop with the sellers and they, you know, it's a whole different dynamic, you know. A small mm-hmm. business owner is a lot different than a larger business owner, right? They need their hands held, much tighter um the the buyer is usually less sophisticated it's usually their first transaction Um, so there's a lot of different dynamics that go into it so um, Hmm. that's what i love to do and that's you know that's what we're in business here to do
1: let me ask you first from the seller side and then from the buyer side if you were going to identify three or four characteristics of a successful seller what would they be?
0: So, so the first characteristic is motivated, right? Mm-hmm. Motivated. You know, I it's happened to me before where I would sell somebody's business or I have it sold. You got the asset purchase agreement in front of them, signed by the buyer. And then the seller called me up and said, you know what, Darren, I thought about it. I went to Europe and I got back and the business seemed to run fine by itself. I don't need to sell it right now. You know, maybe he was just fishing. So, you know, he wasn't motivated. So motivation mm-hmm. is, is the key, right? You're ready, willing, and able. You want to get rid of the business. You know, you want to sell it, right? It's so, time. More, right. Being realistic, right? About what it's worth. Um, You know, I do the appraisal for you. I tell you it's worth a million dollars. You think it's worth $2 million, right? If it's worth what I think it's a million dollars, and you think it's worth $2 million, and you wanna put it up and list it for $2 million, guess what? You're gonna be one of those statistics of the unsold businesses, right? Because you need to be realistic in the business valuation. you know. Because although it might be a first-time buyer, they're smart, right? And they also might be looking for financing from the bank. So unless you're realistic in the valuation, it's not going to get sold because you can't get that bank financing, right? Especially in mm-hmm. the in the businesses that are under that one million dollar mark where most of the entrepreneurs are coming to the table with some sort of bank financing. Uh, so mm-hmm. those are the two keys, um, being realistic and being motivated.
1: And then starting early enough so that you can do your magic.
0: Yes. Yes, starting early. Now I think the- if you're starting early enough, you're 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 motivated, right? Um, mm-hmm. you're definitely motivated and Starting early enough allows you, when you're ready to sell it, to be realistic. Hmm. Because you've already been through that process and your mindset is already there.
1: Hmm. Now, from the buy side, if I was going to buy a business, what are the characteristics of a buyer that, because, you know, you're putting down real money, you're putting down blood, sweat, and tears, Hmm. what makes a successful buyer of someone else's business?
0: I think making, so I I think what makes a successful buyer is somebody that has relevant industry experience. Um, You know, if if you're going to buy a medical billing company, which, you know, it's a company I have for sale now, you don't want to be a, you know, a baker or someone in the bakery, right? You want to be somebody that has, you know, experience either working in a doctor's office or, you know, working in a billing company. So that when they buy that medical billing company, they can make it that transition very easy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think relevant industry experience can make for a successful buyer. And, and I think also what makes for a successful buyer is um, is kind of follow the same blueprint that the seller was doing before you bought it. You know, if if, if the seller's hours are seven in the morning, to three o'clock in the afternoon, there must be a reason why he's starting at seven and is ending at three, right? Because his clients expect him to be there early and have everything in place, you know, by a certain time. So now you're gonna come in and you're gonna, you know, instead of coming in from seven to three, you're gonna start your route at 10 o'clock and end at six o'clock. Well, guess what? The likelihood that you're not gonna succeed is it's very likely right so kind of you know following the blueprint from the seller is paramount mm-hmm. you could deviate but you really kind of want to stay on track to to
1: what they were doing before mm. well thank you yeah this has been a lot of fun so what's our taking takeaway message if um if we were going to tell uh our listeners three things about selling the business what three things would you want them to know so if you're going to sell your business three things start
0: early right start your 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 planning mm-hmm. your exit strategy early don't wait till the last minute be realistic okay and i know it's an emotional process but let's keep that emotion in check And I'll work with them on all those three things um, Mm -hmm. to kind of make it a successful uh, transaction.
1: Really appreciate that. A lot of wisdom there. A lot of wisdom there. Um, This has been your mortgage made easy uh, uh, podcast with uh, my guest, Darren Smith. I'm Dave Steinberg, your mortgage guy. And, uh, if you have any questions, we'll post Darren's information uh, and uh, look forward to seeing you around. Uh, Darren, let's talk some more. Thank you. Yes,
0: David, thank you for having me on the show today. Pre- I appreciate it. I think it's appropriate.
1: So um, just so you know, what we're going to do is we're going to pick up on the piece with the buyers. And we're going to look around and try to f- find the place where it fits you know in other words go back into the previous section where we talked about buyers and also this would be a great standalone piece for uh, a two-minute Facebook and uh, LinkedIn posts that we want to do this both ways both inclusion in the main text and then in the main podcast and then it's alone so uh, I'm going to do an introduction to the for the standalone, and then you can just work this. So, this is Dave Steinberg. I'm sitting with my friend Darren Smith, and he is an amazing guy. He's a business broker, been in the business for four years. He and I were having a conversation about buyers, and you know, as a business broker, you generally focus on sellers, right? And you're trying to help the seller maximize their sales price but you have something that you just said that I'd like to pull out a little bit go in a little bit deeper and understand where this value for a buyer working with a trusted business broker
0: yeah it's it's a great point i it's it's funny because we were having the conversation and you know, when you're selling a business, I'm, I'm always approached by buyers, but they come in, in into the fold by themselves, right? Not represented by any other particular business broker, right? So here I am selling a business and talking with a buyer that's not working with a broker. Um, that's common. That they
1: don't have equivalent representation.
0: They do not. They do not. So what happens is I become the transaction broker, right? But Thinking about it on the other side, you know, if it's not my listing, and and a buyer finds a business that they're interested in buying, I would love to become involved with them, help them structure that LOI, right? Um, help them, you know, maybe come up with that piece of seller. LOI
1: is letter of intent.
0: Letter of intent. You know that okay. seller financing piece becomes important in the structure of the deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you know and kind of walk them through that that whole process and make them feel comfortable and and also tell them, you know, hey, that business you're selling for, you know, $500,000, but you know, I don't think it's worth $500,000, right? I think it's worth $350,000. You know, make an offer at 350 and these are the reasons why. Okay? And if they come back to you and they say, "Well, my my seller wants every bit of that $500,000," then let's get creative on how to get them to that $500,000, right? So we'll do that 350 down, and then we'll become creative on that back end of that other $150,000. And we'll do either an earnout or seller financing with a covenant on it or something to kind of bridge that gap of that $150,000, right? So there's Mm. things like that that we could become creative and make a deal work. You
1: You, you really said a couple of things, so let's try to unpack that, because what I'm hearing you say is there's three elements here. One element is you bring your expertise to bear to express an opinion as to the value of the business. Correct. And then secondly, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, generally when you're buying a business, there's a lot of moving parts, Right. And um, who of the staff will be there the day after the acquisition? Uh, how will you finance the acquisition? Will the seller uh, take part of that acquisition? Will, will there be bank financing? And many buyers don't know the ins and outs of all of that. And so working with a guy like Darren, so if you're looking to buy a business and uh, maybe you found some a business through one of your contacts, but having a Darren Smith on your team would add huge value to what you're doing.
0: Correct. So, so it's not, it's not only the, the letter of intent stage, right? It's, it's the due diligence stage, right? You know, you can work with your accountants, you can work with your attorneys, but sometimes by having a consultant or somebody that's been doing specifically business acquisitions has been in the market, looked at, you know, dozens of deals worth millions and millions of dollars, I can help you kind of walk through that due diligence and, and possibly catch some really important things that might kind of make you think twice about buying that business. Right. Or it might make you think that maybe it is a really good business for me to buy. Right. You Mm -hmm. know, that could be client concentration. That could be having a expert at that particular business that might no longer be there when you buy it. Um, possible clients that might go away, you know, once you purchase it. Um, mm. you know, maybe there's favorable terms that a supplier was giving the seller, right? Because they have a relationship for over 25 years and you know, it really kind of helped their cash flow. Now you're going to go in and you're going to buy that business and they're going to want COD. Well, how does that impact your your cash flow? So there's there's certain things that, you know, by having the experience of looking at multiple deals over the years, I can, I can kind of help you walk through, you know, those particular due diligence items in, in any industry, in any business.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Darren. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, this is Dave Sternberg, your mortgage guy. And we've been sitting with Darren Smith. Darren is a business broker with Murphy Business Sales and uh, just a hell of a nice guy. Can't recommend him highly enough. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Yeah, David, thank you for having me.